This is Matt Raj, fourth generation owner of Community Coffee. My great-grandfather named it Community, just out of appreciation and respect for his friends and neighbors. And for 100 years, our family has been about two things, great tasting coffee and great people. And as America's number one family-owned retail coffee brand, we believe it's our responsibility to continue to give them the best tasting coffee experience possible. And it's why we're excited for you to discover your new favorite blend. Look for Community Coffee at a store near you. You're listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Electrician Live. Is that not the most sexiest short intro you've ever heard to a podcast? Interesting. Welcome to the podcast. Again, it's Electrician Live. My name's Paul Abernathy, your host, and we're excited to give you a reminder that the live shows start January 4th, January 4th, 2020, uh, on Saturdays at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. We have our call-in show. You can use Skype to call in if you wish to call in uh, at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, you can call in using the ID Master the NEC. That's all one word, M-A-S-T-E-R-T-H-E-N-E-C. Uh, and then we'll uh, bring you live on the air, uh, and uh, you can chime in about the topic, raise other topics if you'd like, uh, and speak to our special guests in some occasions. Um, speaking of which, we do have special guests that will be appear on the show. Um, the first one that we have scheduled is January 11th with the guys from uh, Solid Ground Cords, LLC. Uh, they make the extension cords with a ground pin, doesn't break. Uh, and they don't have the retention pulls out of the attachment plug. They have all that uh, figured into their cord and uh, extension cords. And, of course, I don't think that's the only thing they make. Other cords for other ut- uh, appliances and things like that, again, they, they produce. And we'll let them talk about that. But they're going to be with us, Davis Radcliffe, uh, I think it's going to be with us on that show. And that is January 11th, so tune into that. Of course, January 4th, we have our topics set. You can go to our website, electricianlive.com, and get all the information on uh, the uh, various shows that will be coming up. And we're setting up to release the shows that are also going to be uh, in February as well. Uh, if your company wants to be on a show or featured on a show or like to sponsor any part of the show, feel free to reach out to Brittany. Just send an email in. Go to Actually, go to the website. Um, electricianlive.com and you'll see a contact us button and you can put in your information there and we will reach out to you about the information about doing that. Um, So today's episode, we're going to talk about the issue with, I mean, I go all over the country teaching classes and and appearing at different locations and it's always, it doesn't matter whether it's in Pine Bluff, Arkansas or it's at I don't know, Sacramento, California. It's the same kind of questions. Some of, some of the same questions come up, and that is, how how did this get in the code, and all the code is infiltrated by nothing but manufacturers, and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and I don't like this, and I'm not going to do this. And then you've got the states that will amend things out because there's people in that state who are so passionate about changing things, and they end up changing the state, which makes it really hard for enforcement because the state can be changed in so many ways that it really makes it hard to meet the intent of what the code, which is a minimum safety standard anyway. And so they start to chop it up and, and, a, and something that was a solid code starts looking at Swiss cheese, if not. 
Um, it just makes it hard for the end. You take Texas, for example. So the Texas will adopt the most recent code. So I imagine in the next couple months or so, uh, we'll all start getting together and we'll adopt the 2020 National Electoral Code for the state of Texas. However, local jurisdictions can lag behind and as long as the electrician installs it to get compliance in their local jurisdiction, they don't have to co- comply with whatever the state has done until something happens. When something happens, somebody gets hurt or something happens, now the locality has immunity because they chose to be under the 2017 or even the 2014, but the electrician did it to meet that state, I mean that local, local jurisdiction's requirements, but it didn't necessarily comply with what the state requirements were, which is be the 2020 code whenever we adopt it. Well, as far as the state's concerned, you need to do it to the 2020, although they acknowledge that local jurisdictions can adopt a lesser or uh, an uh, earlier standard. And so it's kind of hard for the electrician because they're caught in the middle. If they do it for the locality and something goes wrong and it changed for the 2020 and now the state steps in and goes after you for prosecution, then you're caught in the middle because the, the locality is going to simply go, hey, 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 we have the right to choose whatever we want. Um, and But the electrician's the one that's caught in the middle. And so that's an unfortunate unfortunate situation. Uh, and then there's some states that just lag literally so far behind in their adoption process that you take Virginia. So Virginia just adopted a 2014. It'll be a couple years before they even look at the 2017. And by then we're going to be already on the 2023 and, and getting ready for the 2026. It's just a never ending cycle. And we're not alone. There's, there's plenty of other states that lag considerably behind uh, the most recently published edition. And so it's it's kind of tough to enforce, especially for somebody like me who has to travel all over the country. And I might teach a class on 2020 code changes or 2017 code changes. And then that goes somewhere and they want to know about 2014 code changes. So, again, you have to forgive us folks that teach code because our head are sometimes wrapped around three or four different cycles at any given time. And so trying to stay relevant with something changing is is sometimes tough to do. Uh, not so tough for the guys that work, for example, in FPA or whatnot, because they're so focused on their more recent one, uh, is they're not typically asked to speak on 2014 or, or 2017. So, you know, for somebody like me, I have to speak on multiple cycles. I've even had a request to do a class on the 2008 NEC changes. So I'm like, that's a tough one, because you're so far removed from that cycle that I'm like, you know, but that's what was being enforced in that area. So is what it is. But here's my message though. See, there's a couple other things that people don't know. And look, take it from me, whether you like me or not, I do sit on two code panels. So I'm going to give you a perspective from somebody that sits on the code panel. Uh, Firstly, as I go around from place to place, I get these comments about the the code panels are infiltrated by nothing but manufacturers. And there's, yes, there's quite a few on there. And I will discuss how it's kind of hidden uh, so that it doesn't look like we're loaded with manufacturers but there's a it's kind of a hidden secret on that I mean not so much a secret but I mean it's you can go look at the front of the NEC and kind of see for example you have associations that are on there and those associations have members and those members usually represent manufacturers so they get on there then of course you have other aspects where you have uh, things like NEMA whose members that get on the committees are manufacturers. 
Uh, and then you might have other, I mean, so again, it's not that we don't have a lot of manufacturers on there. And again, manufacturers in many cases tend to push their own interest. If you don't think that's true, just look at the expansion of GFCIs and AFCIs. Now, I'm a big supporter of these devices, but to hear people's passionate cries at the mic, uh, to me, are a bit dubious in some cases. Not in all cases, but again, it it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And of course, I'm one of the only few that will speak out about it because everybody wants to be everybody's friend. And and I tend to want the facts. And that's what kind of turns people off about me is I'm a kind of guy that's going to say to you, if you give me something, I'm going to say, well, tell me more about that. I'm not going to take what you say is for uh, for gospel. I want to know more. And if you can't articulate it even more than that, then I smell BS. And so that's a problem that I have, okay, in some cases. So so let's look at the makeup. So typically co-panels are made up. And what happens is that we look at things that are submitted to us based on public input. Of course, you have public inputs and then you have public comments to those public inputs. I just submitted yesterday eight public inputs. Now, it's not because I sit on a co-panel because to be honest with you, the ones that I submitted, at least seven of them were on panels that I'm not on. Um, it's just when you teach code and you go through the code and you're making programs and you're tweaking things, you you find things that are missing that nobody caught because it's difficult. If somebody submits a public input, the misconception is a code making panel sits there and looks at every aspect that revolves around that public input. No, we're looking at the public input. We don't go with the microscope over every single section in the 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 articles that are in our purview in order to try to find these little errors. We don't have the time. You're not there long enough, okay? You have a week, sometimes three days, four days that you're there. And if you're like me, you sit on multiple panels and you're there for two weeks. But you, you, you have a, you're on task groups and it's a small amount of time. So we rely a lot on public input. People that are going to submit public inputs about various things that need to be changed, of course, that can be done by you, me, anybody. So when I'm in a, a training event or I'm somewhere and I hear some electricians or some engineers or whatever will gripe about something in the NEC. I mean, they'll just say, that's stupid, that's stupid. And I'll look at them and I literally will say, well, what are you doing about it? Okay. And their response is, ain't nothing you can do about it. It's controlled by manufacturers. That is the farthest thing from the truth. Yes, there's a lot of manufacturers on these committees. I get it. But not everything that you disagree with is revolved that's that revolves around a manufacturer. It just might be something that you don't think is right in the code. Okay? And if you don't think it's right, or if a local jurisdiction starts amending something because they don't think something's right, it seems to me that the onus is on them, whoever the chief electrician, whoever's running that committee, would, would agree to put these together as public inputs to change the code if you feel so strongly about it. So that's the thing I hear about. I travel around the country and I hear from people and the vast majority are are supportive of the code. I get it. And there's things in there I don't like, right? But what do I do? I submit public inputs to try to change it, okay? A great example of that would be tray cable. In order for you to use tray cable in a one and two family dwelling, it has to have both power and control in it. That is the most stupidest sentence in that entire section of 338.10. Excuse me, 336.10. Okay, I don't remember which number it is. Maybe nine. I can't remember. That is or eleven. It's that's the stupidest part of that. What does it matter whether there's power and control in it? If you're going to allow, it's the same conductors. It's the same sheathing thickness for T T C E R. It's stupid. 
to limit that when it's pretty much the same as SE cable. It's, it's twice the thickness of the sheathing, but the same conductors inside. But every time I submit that argument, it gets blocked by, yes, manufacturers who don't make it, who don't want to make it, and they don't want it to harm the products that they already make. I get it. I understand that. And that coat panel is littered with manufacturers. I get it. But that's just, that would be against what people would be saying then because I represent a manufacturer that I would get that pushed through. And that's just not how it happens. Okay? Just not. So I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about it and how we do the code. Um, we also need to understand that the, the National Electrical Code is a minimum safety standard. And sometimes we can put things in the code that are going so far above the minimum safety standard that it starts to move and doesn't pass the smell test. Okay, it gets in there because some people have dubious desires. Um, and, you know, so people say, well, Paul, isn't your tray cable a dubious desire? You make tray cable. Yeah, we make MC cable, PVC jacketed, that's a direct competition to it. We make SER cable. So why would we want to create something that's a competing product that's going to drop the sales in those other products? Why? Because we believe that it's a good for the electrician to have options and let them decide. Okay? There's nothing wrong with the product or nothing wrong with the, the, the wiring method. It's just ignorance when it comes to people that are protecting their turf. And I get it. And, and I'm not here to bash anybody in that. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I kind of went off track. Here, and it's probably why I'm not liked in a lot of those good old boy networks. Okay, I won't mention the names, but I'm probably not liked because I don't go to these meetings to make friends. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't go so we can go eat dinner in the evenings and form this buddy-buddy relationship or you scratch my back or you kind of sounds like quid pro quo to me. I, I, I don't do that. And that's the problem. Okay? That's the problem. People will will want those kind of relationships and I have no need. Now, I probably could get more done if I did that, but I'm just not, just not the ass-kiss kind guy. And uh, it's just the way I've always been my whole career. So has that benefited me or not? Has it hurt me? Probably. But it is what it is. So, damn, I got ADD. I'm off of my topic today. But that's the whole point of Electrician Live, right? All right, let's get back to the topic. So if you don't like something in the NEC, remember, you can get a free account from NFPA. It's free. Great organization. Uh, you can get a free account, and you can go submit your public inputs. Now, they're online. It's not without some issues. TerraView sometimes will underline stuff. And all, as long as you make it clear in your substantiation that you didn't mean this, that TerraView screwed this up, it's all going to work out, and it's fine. And you know what? From a guy who used to do the paper type years ago, this is one million times better. I don't care what you, what you like it or not. It is a million times better, right? So... Again, I'm all for it, but my message is stop crying about things you don't like in NEC. You might be right, but it's up to you to submit a public input and get it changed. If there's something you don't like, stop crying about it and do something about it. Because again, from a code panel perspective, I eagerly await your public input. I mean, I want to read what you got to say. I want to know if there's a problem and you have a certain expertise in your field. We don't know it all. Um, and that's the other thing that comes to you. you got some of these forums online that will say that, oh, the ones that sit on those code panels, they got nothing better to do. They, we work for a living. They don't. Uh, that's stupid. That just shows you how small-minded they are because, you know, all of us have jobs. All of us have to be away from our families when we go to do this. I'm not there because I enjoy it. I'm not there to break bread with people and to go out to dinner at night. Any, ask anybody. 
Ask anybody that knows me, whether they hate me, like me, whatever, at these meetings. They know me. Ask them. Do I go out to eat with people? Well, you're probably thinking maybe it's because they don't want to go out to eat with you, Paul. That might be true. I don't go out with people I don't associate with. I go there to get my work done. Then I go back and I do the work I need to do in the um, hotel room so that I can. I'm still working. I'm working for code. Okay. I'm working for my company. Um, I got too much to do to, to turn it into a social life. Now, that's nothing to say you can't enjoy that and whatnot. It's just not me. It's just not what I do. But I'm not going to down the others that do it. It is what they, they become to a lifestyle. They're used to that. Uh, it's just not me. So when I go here, I expect you to, to open up the code book. And if there's something you don't like in it or something you disagree with, I would expect you to get a free account from NFPA.org and go online and submit a public input. You know what? If you don't know how to do it, I'll show you how to do one. In fact, I'll do a video that shows you how to submit a public input. And that way, you've got no excuses, zero excuses to be able to get involved in the system. Because again, I get really tired of people that complain about this damn code book. And I look at them and I go, well, what did you do about it? I've even heard people that giving me a real persuasive argument. And I've said, wow, that's, that's pretty damn good. Are you going to submit that? And their response is, nah, hell no, nah. it ain't going to make it past the panel. That's eat up with manufacturing. That's the exact mentality that's causing a problem right now. If you don't get involved, then nothing's going to change. And you might have a really, really, really good idea. But don't think that just because you told me and I sit on a code panel that I'm going to take up your mission. I got too much other crap to do. I got too much on my plate to do that. I'm not going to take up your mission. You need to take up your mission. I can guarantee you the, the, the code-making panels will give your submission equal um, representation, attention, and time to look at the substance. And if it doesn't meet the right substance, in other words, if you're going to make a public input, you need to make a good argument on why. You need to substantiate it. If you can't substantiate it, then for one thing, stop griping about it because you're just griping. You can't substantiate it or you can't explain why you want to change it. It's like saying, I don't think a ground rod should be eight feet long. I think it should be six feet long. Well, I appreciate your opinion, but it's not going to make it past the code panel. Okay? Now, justify why. Show some test data why. Do something. Now, I will tell you that doesn't always mean something gets changed. A great example of that is the equipotential bonding grid in code panel 17 that I also sit on. Overwhelming substantiation to get rid of that single conductor around the perimeter, but yet it's still in there. Yet we get the grid added, but nobody's going to use the grid because it costs a lot more than running the single wire. So why would they do it? So it was pointless to add it, but there was enough persuasive information to add it, but there wasn't enough, I should say, balls to to remove one that we had enough data that says it wasn't good enough. Why? Because the pool industry likes whatever's cheapest. And so... Anyway, I won't go there on that. So get out there, submit your public inputs, uh, go to NFPA.org, get your free account. Also, that free account allows you to get access to the free edition of the 2020 NEC. If you didn't know that, you can look at it online for free. Works on your phone, laptop, tablet, whatever. You can see it for free. You just don't get the highlights and the underlines and all that, which is fine. 
Um, but you do get access to it, which is pretty neat. I've been able to do that from my phone. Even though I have a digital subscription that they give us for being a member of the co-panels, um, I do miss the PDF because it allowed us to do certain things, uh, but they're paranoid about people selling it. So at the end of the day, or giving it away or whatever, they trust me, I've been down that road with them before. So in reality, it was fake news, by the way. Um, but reality of it is, you can access it, so it makes it a good resource for you to access it on the road or whatever you're at online, and you can bookmark it and whatnot, but get yourself a free account. Speak up. Be a voice. Come on now. Be a voice in our 2023 NEC code change process. Till next time, folks. Stay safe. God bless. Oh, by the way, listen to us January 4th, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on electricianlive.com. Till next time, folks. Stay safe. God bless. You've been listening to Electrician Live with your host, Paul Abernathy. This is Matt Siraj, fourth generation owner of Community Coffee. My great grandfather named it Community just out of appreciation and respect for his friends and neighbors. And for 100 years, our family has been about two things, great tasting coffee and great people. And as America's number one family-owned retail coffee brand, we believe it's our responsibility to continue to give them the best tasting coffee experience possible. And it's why we're excited for you to discover your new favorite blend. Look for community coffee at a store near you. How do you keep your family healthy this season when it feels like everyone around you is getting sick? I use Sambacol. It's drug-free and scientifically tested to help support your immunity. Sambacol has the power of black elderberry in every purple bottle. It comes in tablets, syrup, chewables, or my kids' favorite, the great-tasting gummies. So this cold and flu season, support your family's immunity with Sambacol Black Elderberry. It's the only one I trust for my family. And best of all, my kids love it too.